Where are we right now? Joshua Tree, California. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, something I'm always asking myself. Uh, opened up the retreat by asking the question, what is healing? I asked everybody to kind of hold on to that question throughout the retreat. Let that be an alchemical container. You know, the question of what is healing, let that be the vehicle of healing. To really start to understand that, you know, really highlight the ways that we uh, have these preconceived ideas of what healing was supposed to look like, you know, certain level of mastery. When I get there, that's when I'm healed, right? To sort of reframe that and come right back to that non-dual space where it's all right here. Everything's right here. Can you tolerate it? Right? That's what this is about. Can you tolerate it? Can you tolerate what happens when your shadow self shows up? Right? Because that's a part of humanity. Every It's part of the human condition. If you're going to have light, you have an equal amount of darkness, right? So I sit down. Yesterday, I'm exhausted. I sit down. Jen Sudini has this amazing eye-gazing workshop, right? Deep, deep shit. And uh, I sit down with Jamie Surya. And uh, for Jamie, I always want to be a healing, safe place for her to rest. That's just the, the nature of our relationship. I want to be that for her. So when he sat down, I had that intention of being that. And I, that's what I wanted her to feel. And so we look in each other's eyes for 20 minutes. Within the first minute, um, I realized that uh, it's not going to go, not going to go as planned. And I feel this tender-hearted attempt uh, be completely taken over by my violent side. And this is a uh, really dark, violent side. Something that I never wanted something that I didn't want to admit is a part of myself and here it comes and I started to panic because I knew Jamie was seeing it and I I, I, I started burning up my skin started burning as I welcomed in this because I, I knew I, mean, I said in this retreat you know what is healing the body the number nine you know this is I have to allow this to exist I have to let this live I had the intention of being a healing safe place here comes the most violent aspect of my being and it came through me as a dark figure and it sat right next to me I saw it in my mind's eye and it sat right next to me and I just let it be there and I was like okay this is a part of me and Jamie is seeing it and it was trippy. I could even see her face changing into violent expressions as I was feeling the quality of my violence. And about three quarters of the way through, as I was holding it, it was horrible. I mean, it was, it was a terrible, terrible uh, stretching of my being to hold that. Um, about three quarters of the way through, I felt the shift and my light body came through my physical body and sat inside me. So there was my shadow next to me and my light body inside me, and I felt whole. And I told Jamie at that point that I realized that she had given me a profound healing because that is the role that I'm going to be stepping into as a teacher. I'm going to be this disruptive force, as I named earlier. People are going to see my shadow side. I'm gonna to need to hold that and show I need to present imperfection because that's the truth of reality. So that was me taking that next step and tolerating this part of myself that I never wanted anybody to see, especially Jamie, and it had to be her. 
I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Euphemet, a show about the unknown and our relationship to it. On this edition, I'm at a spiritual retreat in Joshua Tree, California, finding stories of others finding themselves, turns out, finding myself. What is true about you in a world where anything is possible? Next, on Euphemet. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Everybody's dreams. Huh? Got some pieces to put together today. I'm in Joshua Tree with past Euphemet guest Mystic Tim Rothschild, DJ Gina Turner, occultist Jin Sodini, and for the very first time, Yogi Jamie Surya. And it's like the dream team of young spiritual healers and thought leaders. It's the second morning of their Divine Evolution retreat in which they host a weekend in the desert for their students, searchers to indulge in yoga, meditation, and workshops involving numerology, dreams, and clairvoyant psychic training. Jim, if I can, if I can say it right on the show today, I'm going to paint a beautiful picture about yeah. how reality works, how we're reclaiming our stories, you know, like in our that. lives. You know, we go through this initial narrative, this initial arc, right? One could call it our initial pass through our mental illness <laughs> as we move through life, quite literally, right? So mine was through conspiracy mysticism and all that kind of stuff, right? And now that was happened at 27. Uh, my Saturn return started that. Now I came through 33 and I'm having all these revelations, right? As I'm becoming a teacher, I became a healer. I'm not so conspiracy oriented, not so paranoid, right? So now I'm reclaiming, I'm coming back. I'm gaining some, for some reason, I'm having interest in all these childhood things and also all these initial things from my first narrative. So I'm reading comic books, but I'm also taking a look at conspiracy again. And I'm taking a look at things like the Mandela effect and I'm going, holy fuck, I know what's going on here. It's morphic language and holomorphic language and the human design's relationship to uh, memory and how language creates the universe. So, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I'm just, it starts clicking. Everything just starts clicking in place and I went, holy fucking shit it's happening this is what life does it spirals and we every time we spiral back we reclaim a new piece of our narrative and then we share it and then someone else identifies with that sharing and they become more human and we restore humanity and here's what happens so we all start having dreams last night about seeing eyes and drawing eyes and i have a dream of a green eye and a brown eye and jamie has dreams of and you were in a shirt with an eye right now here's what happened when i turned 27 and i I joined the mystery school. My brother was coming to me in those dreams and he'd lock eyes, he'd lock eyes, by the way, and he'd say, we're going on a trip. I drew a painting at that time with mountains and uh, there was a super cosmic painting and it had worlds in the background. And on the top of the painting, I wrote, we're going on a trip. Okay, so I wake up this morning and Gina comes to me this morning and said, I had all these dreams about eyes. And I said, me too, interesting. Well, I wonder what's going on here. And then she hands me this painting 
And I was like, wow, this is so interesting because I'm struck by how it's different colors, but it's almost the exact painting that I painted myself uh, when I was 27, right? And I'm 33 now. And the name of this painting, if I can read it in the back is, let's take a magical trip back to that which made us whole. Now, I'm planning on sharing this today in the workshop. This is this was a, a brand new fresh workshop that's coming through. Like this is something that spirit guided me to do, to share. And so it, it's all just showing up and coming together. You see what I'm saying in the kitchen earlier? It's like we, and to take in that we've created this is just, it's a lot, it's beautiful. You know, it's, it's, it's incredibly beautiful. And so I couldn't have said, I couldn't have said, this is, this is the, the holomorphic language for what I was originally trying to say back when I was 27. Right? I, when we're going on a trip, no. As 33, now I'm saying, let's take a magical trip to that which made us whole. That's the healing expression of what I was really doing. You see what I'm saying? It's fucking right here, man. Do you get that? I get it. And another interesting part was, so Gina like, saw them and she was like, oh, I'm going to get one for all the instructors. And I was like, excellent. It's a great idea. And she sees that one and immediately she goes, that one's, that one's Tim's. And then she finds another one. She goes, no, 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 I think this one is Tim's. And then she's holding that. And then she goes back and she goes, my first instinct was this. And, and then both of us were like, that's the one. And so if she brought the second one, right, that like maybe her, her like visual, her, her two eyes saw and was like, that's the one. But her, her intuition told her, that's the one. And, that, and the other eye yes. said, that's the one. It's a good morning. Good morning so far. What's true? I ask myself this often. My answer as of late has been, I don't know. I don't even know what I believe in anymore. And it turns out it's maybe a part of a mystical process where after one experiences continual profound paranormal activity, such as I have, you may just be pulled from the confines of comfortable reality to find yourself in a new, unknown country, its border ill-defined, the vast lands of the obscure revealing possibilities endless. Invariably, this misalignment of one's internal compass leads me far from home to crash landing in this barren desert at the Divine Evolution Retreat in Joshua Tree. I'm, for the first time, actually looking for answers. How do I reclaim my narrative when I don't know what that is? I'm looking for friends, looking for a space to figure out what all this could mean, looking for what true really means. of the most beautiful mountain you know or can imagine. Let it gradually come into greater focus.
feel its overall shape. its peaks in the sky. Its large base rooted in the ground. Its sloping sides. I'm with Jamie Surya. Good stuff. Thank that was you. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Was there a particular, when you have to do these mm -hmm. and they're guided mm -hmm. and you see what group you have, um, is there any particular reason why you choose a certain meditation? Yeah. So sometimes this time it was just, um, I really love this meditation and I think it's perfect for the setting and it's also one that's super inclusive. So any population, any age, any individual could benefit from that. Um, but depending on if I'm teaching like a, a meditation for an anxiety group, an eating disorder group, a substance abuse group, it will vary. Um, and also with time. So I could have like cut that back. I could have made it longer. So depending on the population um, and the energy in the room, you know, so sometimes I'll, I'll start off a meditation one way and I'll be like, mm, it's not being received well and I'll adjust it. But um, yeah, usually there's, there's a specific intention, but there's always, I always allow room for, for creativity or adjustment. So I, I, um, I, I suffered from really bad anxiety, depression, and severe panic attacks to the point where I, I couldn't like show up in the world because I was just, I was worried about being worried. So it was this overwhelming feeling and I was like, I, I can't live like this anymore or I don't want to live like this anymore. And then I, um, I went to my mom and I was like, mom, like, I need to go to a doctor. I need to be medicated. I need, like, something has to happen. She goes, why don't you go try taking a meditation class? And I was like, uh, okay, sure. And I, I found a meditation in, like, the next town over. And I sat there and it was only me and this guy. And he did this whole, like, ocean wave meditation. And I, as soon as I opened my eyes, I started hysterical crying to this guy. And he was like, what, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? And I was like, that's what I needed. You just don't understand. And then he was like, cool. Well, why don't you try to come to your yoga class tomorrow? And I was like, okay. And um, that's where it started. And then after that first yoga class, I remember uh, at the start of the class, I remember lying on the floor and, and just saying to myself like, this pain will all be over eventually you know I just have to stick through it and I have to get through it and and then after that class I was like there's something here and and I'm gonna make something of it I you know my philosophy is that you know I think compassion and kindness and openness to everybody and every being on this earth is is what we all need to find and I think you know um, empathizing and sympathizing with people is is one of our greatest gifts and it's it's the way that we connect and when we realize that 
you are me and I am you, a transformation and love happens. So I'm walking back to my casita. I just engaged with a guided meditation from Jamie. And it's interesting, there's a lot of visuals that they, of course, use to transport folks to a different place, a different state of mind. It's easy for that to work in a place like this. Um, you are surrounded, you are... I don't know, you're, you are forced to uh, be a small person in a large, large environment full of uh, otherworldly rock formations and animals. And a lot of these folks are searching. They're together, but separate and unique in terms of what they're looking for. There is a, an openness and a camaraderie between the folks here and what their goals are. And I have to say that I am included in that. Just back into my casita, I am changing for the day. No longer do I need my hoodie and my stocking cap, which I used for my early morning walk. This, this trip is, is sort of dual in nature for me. Uh, it, it is for sure a recording. It is for sure a record of uh, a movement here. And I plan to get more insight from people like Jamie into this world. But for me, it means something else. This will be the 18th episode of Euphemet. And over the past year, I have lived and experienced through so many lives. So many lives that have lived with the anomalous, have experienced challenging and confusing experiences in their life. I've lived through experiences with some of these folks and have really had my mind blown open. In a sense, I'm looking for a bit of a restart. I'm looking for a way to reconnect with myself. As so many things are happening in my personal life, as so many things are happening in my professional life, I need to hit a restart button. I need to figure out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Figure out why I'm feeling like a ship in the night alone. Thankfully, I'm here with friends. Tim is probably one of my best friends. You know, I, I really enjoy doing things with, uh, with these individuals, and I really respect them. I can share things with them that I can't with others. We all have friends like that, or at least I hope we do. The ones that when you're working out shit, trying to resolve things in your head, you can just speak freely. You can talk about these things that you're working through without defined game plan, without... without 
wanting any answers from anyone. Because sometimes it's enough to just hear your own voice. Sometimes it's enough to dip in to the things that are playing through your head, the words, the visuals. I realize we're not all alone in the desert, out here amongst the alien-like rock formations, and we're not all alone. We're with other people. There's always people around. I think this retreat demonstrates that. We're here out in the desert together. It's a good metaphor for um, the type of people that come here to do this particular kind of healing work, right? We're all out in the world, separate from each other, doing not-so-easy work. You know, the work of walking directly into our suffering, you know, to do what we feel like we need to do to just have some semblance of wholeness and to feel alive and to find our purpose. You know, everybody's here in some way or another, you know, to do that kind of work. And when we go back out into the real world, if I can put it that way, not everybody's doing this work. 99.9% of the rest of the population, I don't think is even aware of the depth of, um, of the connections that can be made, the intimacy with ourselves. So to come here is so important because we need um, a satsang, we need a community, we need support systems. We need to be reminded that there's other people out there that do this. And not only that, but the depth that we're going to. You know, this is non-dual space. This whole retreat is held within a non-dual container. That's the ground from which we were born, right? So that's also the work that we're doing to return to, to that wholeness. And um, we need each other. We need each other because each one of us is an expression of that non-dual space, of that quality. So as we have these teachings as instructors, we're teaching about qualities and each person's questioning is um, another gateway for all of us to wholeness. And we couldn't have had that without that question, without that person, you know. So we all come here together with our own unique histories and our own backgrounds. And we engage in the deepest work that I know possible. And each one of us has this opportunity to shine. And as we shine, it's reflected off each other person's imperfections. And we all shimmer. Right? Mm -hmm. And we all get to see that light and that information and we become mirrors. And then reality starts to notice that. It starts to swirl in and it starts to support us. And that's when that strange magic starts to occur, especially out here in the desert. This is one of those areas where it's just, it's just heightened. You know, the conditions are set for this. So if we come with the intention to heal and with the intention to do this deep kind of work and we set the strange attractor up and the river swims the fish and we're all here, I mean... It's, it's full of surprise. And like I said earlier in the kitchen, some of those surprises are not easy to deal with because we came here to heal. And somehow reality knows just the right thing. It's like I find myself walking out being like, God damn it, why do you give me exactly what I need to heal, to step into the next step of my practice or the next phase? You know, as I become a teacher, that's my next practice, you know? So I need to learn how to, um, well, my theme that's up for this retreat is um, I'm becoming a disruptive force. It's, an, it's unintentional. 
but I keep going into people's workshops and uh, doing things, offering suggestions, and just not being very helpful, being very chaotic and disruptive. And I've never been seen in that light, and it is awful. The feeling is awful. And so what happened for me for my healing is I had to pull myself aside and I had to feel all of that knowing that there's a lot that's going on here. You know, we've got to hold this container for everybody, right? Now I've got workshops to give and now I'm feeling like I don't want to go out. So I got to meet all of this stuff. And so I can literally feel my container expanding and my, it's just, oh my God, all these sensations. And I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And then I drop into my heart and I realize, no, wait, I know, I know my truth. I know my truth. And I sit there and I go, that's my healing. You know, so it's like I was surprised by that. And then the next piece comes and then the next piece comes. And it's like, holy crap, man, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to be a healer? Right. And I know that this is what I came here for. This is what we asked for. I asked for this. And so, you know, yeah. so interesting because I've, that I've been bumping into this theme for the week leading up to here and it's still happening and it goes it, it's not the same thing that you're communicating but it just goes hand in hand and it's just interesting how our gifts meet in this way. My favorite part about leading prenatal classes is I always open up the room and I sit every, all the women down and before we move, before we do get into the movement parts, I say, state your name and, you know, what's going on in your body, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your pregnancy. And these are women that don't know each other at all. And there's always, when the, there's a, there'll be a woman that shares like, oh, the baby's been keeping me up all night, they're kicking, I've slept three hours. And no matter what, no matter what the person shares, there's someone in the room that goes, oh, me too. Same. There's always someone in that room that says, God, I thought it was just me. And that is such a healing place to be where someone can, no matter, without knowing you, they they can feel like they see themselves you know as soon as we name something as soon as we bring it into the surface or just say it out loud place it on the table put it on give it a seat at the table and, and say that's all we do say my back hurts we just say it we give it an opportunity to come up to heal we give it that opportunity to transform, transmute, transcend. Maybe it'll stay the same for a year and a half or two, but the intention is still there. And this is how we change the world, right? This is how something as simple as what you're doing, sharing stories, right? And what Gina was just saying is opening up that space so people can start to identify and start to relate and start to realize, oh, I'm human too. This is a part of the human condition. What happens then is what has been previously held inside has been an internal structure, a barrier, typically held with judgment, fear of whatever's going to come, right? It's all about safety and protection, right? And so this person has an internal structure that is keeping these things, these stories that they don't share in the darkness, in shame, held inside them, right? And so that internal structure, what, what the human 
person doesn't realize if they're not doing this kind of mystical work, they don't work with the way life actually works. They don't realize that it's a mirror. That internal structure is reflected out into life itself. So now we have limited where we go, who we communicate with, how we be in the world in a very big way. And so the moment that we start to hear somebody else's story, those walls of judgment start to soften. Right? Those boundaries that keep us out of life start to soften. The creative energies that we use to create those boundaries is freed up. And we can start to become artists of our soul. And that's a big part of what we're doing here. Right? And so as we change ourselves, it's that old saying, right? The ripples effect, are we change the world because we change our internal structure. So the external structure has to change. It has to change. It has to bend to our will. That's just the way it works. Now, here's the beauty and the kindness of reality. I always talk about the holographic nature. So as each one of us has a little mini awakening, right? Even just in our cells, we get something, right? Those cells just wakes up. It starts to talk to all the other cells, right? That's how evolution occurs. Like everything was okay. And then one cell mutated and had an awakening and started to irritate all the other cells. And some of the cells surrendered. Some of the cells fought back, but war started and conflict started. So people had to rise up to the occasion and come into relationship with this new condition of life, right? So awakening had to occur, healing had to occur, containers had to stretch, right? And so as we do this on an individual basis, then we bring it out into the world, it goes bigger and it starts to ripple and the holographic nature of it starts to spread. And that's how we do this. And that's what we're doing here. That's how we change the world. This used to be done thousands of years ago with, you know, a couple people popping up, a couple flowers blossoming. We called them Christ and Buddha and that kind of stuff. That is not the time that we're in right now. The time they're in right now is everybody has the opportunity to blossom. Everybody does. We have to marry our imperfections and be able to tolerate that. That's what this is about. Thank you for listening to this edition of Euphemet. This has been the conclusion of our Season 1. Please keep following our social media for updates and look for exclusive behind-the-scenes episodes and news showing up on this podcast feed very soon. To keep updated, make sure you join us on Facebook. Our group, The Society of Euphemet, is where myself and listeners go to share their own experiences and talk about the show. So please join us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Euphemet and me at It's Jim Perry. You can also follow our producer Tyler Carey and his fantastic photography at Tyler.wo on Instagram. I'd like to thank Skylark Media, Empty Faces, Audible, and Kara for their support this season. I'd like to say thank you to all of our featured guests, and I want to thank you for following the show, telling your friends about us, rating and reviewing. This is only the beginning. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review us on iTunes. This has been Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry, and until next time, keep looking up. Thank you.